Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, I'm excited to continue our Engage God, uh, Engage Church this morning, Engage series. Engage God, Engage Church, Engage Culture is our vision. It's the vision of the church. It's how we will follow God. It's how we will uh, do life. It's how, it's the guiding force behind every single thing that we do at Redeeming Love. Engage God, Engage Church, Engage Culture. We engage with God through prayer, through attending church on a Sunday morning, through fasting, through reading the word, through all these different ways. We engage with church both here on a Sunday morning and in small groups and in getting together throughout the week. And then we engage with culture. We engage with those outside of the church because God's plan is that we affect the world around us, that we bring change to the world around us. This is God's will. This is God's will for your life. This is God's will uh, for the church. Amen? Amen. Today we're going to be talking about Engage Church. That's today's message. We've done Engage God already. Uh, so today is Engage Church. Before I jump into that, I've got a, just a word for Daniela over here. Uh, I look at you and I see a woman who has drawn a line in the sand, that you're not going back, that it's only forward from here. You've said, I will not be denied of what God has for me. I will partake of the things of God. I will partake of the victory that God has won for me. There will be no turning back. There will be no sliding back. There will be no going back. It's only forward from here. You've made that decision. You've drawn that line in the sand, and God will give you grace. God will give you strength. God will give you everything you need. God will give you. God will strengthen. God will uphold your hands. God will pull you out. God will tell you. God will wake you up in the morning and say, hey, you need to go now. You need to pray now. It's by the strength of God. It's by the grace of God. You've made the decision, but God is giving you the strength to walk that decision out. Rest in his strength. Rest in his strength. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And is it Patrick? Okay. I can, you and your friend, I can't keep your name straight, but I got it right this time. Praise God. Uh, the Lord just uh, said to me that he wants to, he wants to strengthen your faith. And uh, I got to read Hebrews 11 to you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. For by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand, watch this, that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. And I've said this before, and I, I really want, uh, the word, Lord wants me to bring it to you as a special point today. The, our walk of faith is not a walk of understanding. We understand by faith that the worlds were framed and built out of nothing. We understand that the earth itself was made from nothing when God said, let there be earth. How did that happen? Can we recreate the process? Do we understand how? We don't understand at all how it happened. All we know is that that's what the Bible tells us how it happened, and then we believe by faith that that's what happened. So it's not, we don't walk a walk of understanding. It's not about figuring it out. It's about hearing from God and knowing. Romans says, that with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Yeah. 
heart belief is what faith is. It's not about mind. It's not about mental assent. And so the Lord just wanted me to share that with you specifically today, but it's good for the whole congregation. So I hope you guys all pick that up. Amen. God wants to increase all of our faith. When the faith level rises in here, miracles happen. When faith rises, miracles happen. When faith rises, miracles happen. Faith is the, faith is the atmosphere for miracles. Faith is the atmosphere for miracles. It's not a miracle until it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. Hey, Engage Church, we've had an awesome week. We had an awesome week at the fast. Uh, we had healings here on a Friday night. Friday night we, had, we prayed for healing. We, we saw healings. Amy had her thyroid, which was swollen. The swelling went away. Uh, she got her voice back. There she is, completely healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Uh, Zach, carpal tunnel. We've been praying for carpal tunnel. That's been on his prayer request for, for a while. He said he wasn't able to make a fist for a year and a half. God healed his carpal tunnels. He can make that fist now. Praise God. Healed in Jesus' name. God supernaturally healed him, touched him right in a moment and healed him. Uh, someone else's back, Brian's back was... Uh, really warm and got healed. So God poured out some healing. We want to pray for healing at the end of service today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Good things, good things. God's, God's doing good things, supernatural things. I believe that the best is yet to come. I believe that revival is at the doorstep. I believe that we are, we are touching on uh, transforming the city of Troy. I believe that the the, the days for the city of Troy running from God are numbered, that the city of Troy can't run from God any longer, that revival is sure, that revival is imminent, victory is imminent, it is coming, it is only a matter of time. <laughs> Listen, when you lay a hold of something in prayer, when you lay a hold of something in prayer, that's where you acquire the title deed. And once you get the title deed, you just got to go and kick, kick out the people that are there illegally. How many of you know that God has given us the city? He's given us the city. We go in prayer and we take the title deed. Then we can go and march through the city and say, hey, this city's ours. You need to get out. And the enemy will go and revival will come. And Troy, the, the city of Troy, their days for, for running from God, their days are numbered. Because revival's coming. God's coming. Righteousness is coming. Justice is coming. God is coming. God is on the move. And God can't be stopped. He won't be stopped. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop. Linda's with me. She's not going to stop praying. God's raising up more prayer people in this church every day. I'm telling you, the, the level of prayer here throughout the fast, I couldn't get people to stop praying last night. It was 10 after 8. I'm like, we're not going to be here all night. People just keep coming forward and taking the mic. We're going to be here forever. <laughs> I can't get them to go home. They just want to keep praying. It's an awesome problem to have. Just go. Just go. Just keep going. Don't stop. This is where we're at. We're not going to stop. We will not back down. We will not be denied. I told you the story about the cult that was across the street from me. And I just began to pray. And I began to pray. 
and I began to pray, and I continued to pray. And every time I walked across the parking lot, I would pray, God, take out that cult. 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 I didn't pray, God, remove that cult from here. I said, take it out. And so God didn't just move it to a different location. He disassembled it, and the author of it, the the head of it, he's in prison. And so is the number two guy, woman. They're, They're going to prison. Why? Because what they were doing was illegal. Why? Because prayer, guys. I just point my prayer cannon in a direction, and I just keep firing. Uh, just get a picture of the cannons on the, on the battleship, firing, 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 pounding away in the heavens. This is what our prayer does. It's pounding away in the heavens, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. They have no place. They have no authority. I'm amped up this morning, as well I should be. Man, we've been here every night this week. Whew. Engage church. Engage church. There's four things we need to do, four-step process to engage church. Number one, be present. Be present. You want to you engage church, you got to be here. You're all here this morning. Praise God. We need to be present. Just be. Be at church. Be at small group. Small groups, we're, we're kicking them off. Uh, sign-ups are next week. So, small groups is the best way to get connected in redeeming love. This is great that you come out on a Sunday morning, and we all should, even if you're in a small group. But if you want to get connected to what redeeming love truly is and what redeeming love truly does, get in a small group. Get in a small group. Get in. It's actually going to be really simple. Can, it, did I have my engage card? Nope, the other one. The other one. Yep, that's the one I want. It's really simple. You see here on the card where it says, this week I will serve, I would like to serve on. Next week it's going to say, sign me up for a small group, and you just check the box. It's that simple. And then you take this little card home, and you hang it on your refrigerator, and you circle the one you want to join, and you put the date in your calendar in your phone, and you set a reminder for an hour before so that your phone says, hey, it's time to get to small group. And then you can get in your car and you can drive and meet us at small group. It's that simple. And then you're there. For those of us that are leading the group, we've got to prepare a little bit more. But for you, it's easy. Sign up, put it in your phone, set the reminder so that your phone says, hey, don't forget small group tonight. Go. Small groups are are really good. They're really foundational. Um, We've seen... We've seen spiritual growth right here in all of you guys because you've joined small groups. You want to grow in what God has for you? Get into a small group. Be present. Number two, connect with others. We're going to talk about each one of these points in depth a little bit more. Connect with others. Right? You're here at church. You go to small group. But don't just come and run. Don't just show up late and leave early. Talk to somebody. Hi. My name is Matt. It's nice to meet you. It's that simple. I, I can only talk to so many people. I, I can't talk to everybody on a Sunday morning. But you can talk to the person sitting next to you on your right or your left. You have to connect with other people. The whole idea of church is that engage church, engage church, engage church, is that there's a connection at church. That there's a connection 
in church. When Jesus said church, we read church in the New Testament. When we read the word church, Jesus said uh, to Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When he said the word church, he used the word ecclesia. Ecclesia literally means called out ones. I will build my called out ones. And so when we say engage church, we're not saying connect to the building. Blue man group, put Velcro on my body. (laughs) That's not what we're saying. We're saying look to your right, look to your left. See those beautiful smiling faces? Or maybe not. It doesn't matter if they're smiling or not. That's who you're to connect with. Get into, oh boy. Some of you are smiling and some of you aren't. That's why I had to say that. If you were all smiling, I wouldn't have had to say that. Some of you weren't, but some of you aren't, so there you go. Connect with others. Connect. Oh. One of, the, one of the great longings of the human heart is to be connected with someone else. And I'm connected that way with my wife. But I also long to have that connection with another friend. We all long for connection. We really we really all, if we were to analyze ourselves deep in the core of our being, of who we are, we want to know somebody who really knows us. God knows us, but we want another human. We want another friend to really know us. We really, we really have, all of us, every human being has that desire. God put it in us that we would be connected. It is not good for man to be alone. He made Eve, but... He also knit the heart of Jonathan to the heart of David. Their hearts were knit together. These fabrics are knit together. There's multiple threads that make up a fabric. And you can't pull pull these, these, these these threads apart. You can't. I mean, you could, but you'd have to rip it. You're not going to get it out any other way. You're not going to unwind and unravel these threads that have been knit together. That's what God wants here in the church. Connect church. It's deep, guys. Take your place. Number one, be present. Number two, connect with others. Number three, take your place. God's given you something to do. Take your place. Stand in the place that God has put for you. This is what we're really going to focus in on today. I got to get there quick. Take your place. Take your place. Number four, create for the kingdom. Create for the kingdom. How many of you know that God is a creative God? God created the heavens and the earth and everything in them. And then he created man in his likeness and in, him, and in his image. And in creating us in, in his likeness and in his image, he created in us the innate desire to create he involved Adam in the creation process, and he brought the, the animals forward and said, Adam, name these animals. 
And so Adam was involved in the creative process. He gave them their names. Dog, giraffe, sloth, rhinoceros. Dig deep for that one. But we get to create with God for the kingdom. It gets to look however you want it to look. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, let's, let's go. Number one, be present. Do not forsake the assembling together of ourselves, as is the manner of some, but exhort one another even so more, even so much the more as you see the day approaching. Be present. Come on, you've got to be here. You've got to be involved. Get involved in Sunday service. Get involved in small groups. Be present. Number two, connect with others. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. God wants us to connect with one another on a deep and an intimate level. How many of you know that relationships take time? They take time. Listen, you're not going to show up once or twice and have a great friend. That doesn't work that way. Me and my wife have been married for 28 years. Ha, 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 I got it. 28 years of wedded bliss. We continue to get to know one another better. Our relationship goes deeper every day. 28 years of history. 28 years of messing up and saying I'm sorry. On my part, I'm messing up. Clarify that. 28 years of walking it out together. 28 years of running after God together. 28 years of prayer together. 28 years of talking about the word together. 28 years of, of seeking God all over the nation together. Flying to Florida and California just to sit in the presence of God. We've connected. Number three, take your place. Take your place. Take your place. So I want to talk to you today. Take your place. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. I'm going to read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This talks about us taking our place. So let's read it together, the whole thing. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversity of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so we all have been given a gift, every one of us. And we haven't been given a gift for us. God didn't give you a gift for you. God didn't give me the gift to pastor or to preach or to teach so that I could stand up here and look good. I do. <laughs> Pride. So close. That's not the point. The point is so that other people can be benefited. It's so that other people can be strengthened. It's so that other people can be encouraged. It's so that you guys can catch fire with me and we can all run after God together. God's given you a gift. And it's not for you. God gave you a gift. It's not about you. 
You know what? You know what? <laughs> you know what's funny is that we don't get to change the assignment. We don't get to change our gift. We can't be like, there's no trade-in. Like, hey, I don't like this iPad. Um, it's old and used, and it's really not what I prefer. Can I trade this in for the white one? And maybe, you know, double the gigs or whatever. We can't do that with our gift. If we choose not to use it, God will give it to somebody else. You know what you can do if you don't like your gift? There is a solution. Anybody here, you don't like your gift? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> don't raise your hand. Anybody here and you don't like your gift? There is a solution. Don't raise your hand. Here's how you get a different gift. Complete the task. <laughs> Complete the task. God gave me the gift to be on the cleaning team, and I don't like scrubbing toilets. You know how you get to the next level? You be the best toilet scrubber there is. You make that thing shine till people can see their reflections in the toilet. I'm not kidding. You get people so excited about being on the cleaning team that there's 20 people on the cleaning team to the point where we can't get anybody else on the cleaning team. What are you doing? I don't know. I just got everybody excited about it. All right, well, come here. We need help in the cafe. Make people happy about serving coffee. We don't have coffee service right now. Well, coffee's a little bit better than toilets, so okay. I'm still not what I want to do. Serving the, and then you, all right, we need you in children's church. We need, we need you in nursery. We need you here. We need you there. Next thing you know, you're the senior pastor. How did this happen? I just started serving. I just started doing what was put in front of me. I just started completing the task I was given. I'm not saying that was my exact trajectory, but I did come through a bunch of those things. That was good. Good. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another the gift of faith through the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. God's given you a gift. What is it? Put it to use. Take your place. What's your gift? Put it to use. Take your place. It's only when we all take our right place that the body functions perfectly, that the body functions fully. For the body is one and has many members, but the members of that body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. We are many. We all are here at the body. We all have different functions. Your gift is not going to look like mine. Guarantee it. Even if you were to flow in a gift that I'm flowing in, it's probably going to look different. God gives me word of knowledge, and when he gives me word of knowledge, I see them as visions when my eyes are closed. I see these visions. God gives somebody else words of knowledge here, 
and I'm not going to tell you who they are for privacy matters, but when, that, when God gives them a word of knowledge, he actually gives that person a name, and they see that person, a person's name. And then they know to start praying for that person, and sure enough, 15 minutes to an hour later, that person, they meet, they find them, they, they run into them. It's an awesome word of knowledge. That's great. That'd be great. I'd love to have that one. I'm sitting at my desk, I see a name, I'm like, oh, they're coming. That's awesome. Love it. Can't have that one. It's somebody else's. That's okay. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God has set the members, each one of us, into the body, just as he pleases. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? The body of Christ at large, and specifically here at Redeeming Love, will do the most good when every member does its part. When every person completes their function. If you are here and you are not employing your gift, it's like we have a lame appendage. Imagine if one of my legs didn't work, right? How effective can I be? I can make my way across the platform, but it's going to take me a lot longer. I'm still actually using my leg. I'd actually need crutches if this leg didn't work at all. But if you're here and you're not functioning, it's like I've got a lame leg that doesn't work. It won't bend. This knee is broken. This is redeeming love if you're not employing your gift. When every part of the church, when every member of the church does their part, the church can run. My leg's working now. I can run. Look at how fast I can go. Look at how much we can do. The church can do the most good when every part of the body does its part. God is calling you to do certain things. Have you ever hurt your pinky? Do you know how hard it is to throw a football when you've hurt your pinky? There's certain things that you're just not going to be able to do when you hurt certain things. When you hurt like your little pinky toe, it seems to be so insignificant. But man, you're like, ow. You limp around for a little bit. It doesn't matter how insignificant you think what God has caused you to do is. It's necessary. And it's probably only the beginning. God has great things in store for you, for all of you. I know he does. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again can the hand, the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. You need your pinky finger to throw that football. You need that pinky toe to run well. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts we have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body having greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism or division in the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, then all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, then all of the members rejoice with it. We saw this Friday night. At the end of service on Friday night, we said, hey, 
Has anybody been healed? We've been praying for healing here tonight. Has anybody been healed? Amy says, I've been healed. And so what did we do? We're like, yeah! And we, we shout and we clap and we cheer. Why? Because one member of the body got blessed. And so she got blessed and I got blessed. I got blessed because she got blessed. And then Zach said his healing. And we all cheered. We're like, yeah! Number one, we're excited about what God's doing, but we're excited for Zach. I'm happy for him. I cheer because he's cheering. We rejoice together. And conversely, when one member suffers, we all suffer. Someone suffers loss, I'm so sorry. I'm sad. I'm sad because you're sad. It says this in Romans, we laugh when one another laughs, we cry when one another cries, we feel the joy, we feel the pain, one for another. This is the body of Christ. And so how many of you know when you're in a great big family that you're constantly feeling joy and you're constantly feeling pain? It's not, it's not, I'm not wrong. Because there's always stuff going on. And so I've got four kids, and so there's always something going on in one of their lives. It's usually the same thing all at the same time. I don't know why that is. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I, I exaggerate. But they did all, three of them got married in a year and a month, so all at once. It's great. Love it. We rejoice together and we cry together. We, we feel the joy, we feel the pain. And, it, and then there's, I have four kids, They've, three of them are married now, we've got seven kids, because we just add on the spouses, we count them as kids too, seven kids, and now we've got a church family of 100. And so now I've got, I'm in my church family, there's 100 people here, so when somebody's happy, I'm happy, when somebody's sad, I'm sad. And so the, it's just grown exponentially, and that's good. We don't have to run from it. We don't have to hide from it. We just need to accept that we're part of this bigger family. Yeah. It's good. Let's get together. I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophet, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all work miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I will show you a more excellent way. I, I wanna go back to the last scripture. It talked about some members of the body having um, more honor and less honor. And this is where Paul says, therefore we regard no man after the flesh. Right? If we are able to look at one another here in redeeming love and see the spiritual giftings that God has put into another person, you're going to realize that you're standing next to a spiritual giant. That you're standing next to some spiritual giants. That the person that you're standing next to, although they only may be four foot six, that demons tremble in fear when they open their mouth because God's given them the spirit of intercession. Evil kingdoms tremble when they set their sights on something that they believe that God has for them because they know that they can acquire it through prayer. 
You may look at somebody, and they may be huge in their natural being. They may be the person that looks as good as I do that you want to be hanging around. Come on, guys, I'm joking. Laugh with me. If that's the person I want to be hanging around, and you realize, oh, there's really nothing there in the spirit. Oh, shucks. Whoop. No, I'm kidding. Laugh, 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 laugh. We need to stop looking at people in their physical ability and what we believe we see on the outside, and we need to see what they're doing in the spiritual realm. Because in the spiritual realm, there are giants in this room. In the spiritual realm, there are people in this room that I want to tie myself to. The boat's going down, and I'm tying myself to certain people. The boat's not going down. I mean, I... But if the boat were going down, I'm tying myself to certain people because they know how to swim and they'll get me to shore. They know how to swim and they'll get me to shore. We may be thousands of miles out in the ocean, but they know how to swim and they're going to get me to shore. Why? Because I can look and I can see the spiritual ability. Earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly desire the best gifts. And so it doesn't matter what gift you've been given. It doesn't matter where you're going to start. Start whatever God has called you to do. Complete that task. God will give you another task. God has continued to give me more and more tasks throughout my walk with him. He's continued to dial it up, dial it up, dial it up. I don't even know. I'm like, God, I don't know if I could handle another gift. I don't think I have time for another gift. I don't think I can fully execute another gift in my life. And then another gift shows up. God, what are you doing? I don't know. Let's just keep going with this. I'm going to use that one. I'm going to try and remember to use the last one. That I don't want to fall out of. Come on. I'm just going to keep running as much as he gives me strength. And yet I will show you a more excellent way. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is all about love. Here's the download that everyone needs to be using their gift. In 1 Corinthians 13, we use our gifts. When we use our gift, when we go to use our gift, we go to employ our gift. When we go to do what we're going to God, God's given us to do, we do it with love. We do it with compassion. We don't do it out of any kind of uh, an attitude of entitlement. Listen, step aside. God's given me the ability to preach. No. We do it out of love and out of humility. It's the only way. We have to do it in love. That's why, it's, that's why, God, that's why Paul wrote it this way. And number four, create for the kingdom. Create for the kingdom. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. What is your gift? Stir up your gift. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Figure it out. Put it to use. Take a step of faith and do something. Do something. Just, just step out. Peter stepped out on the water, he took two steps, and then he sank. You may join the cleaning team, and you may do great, and then you might, like, not do great. And somebody might have to come and say, hey, listen, this is how you clean a toilet. That's okay. 
I honestly don't, I, I never joined the cleaning team. My kids and my wife, they were all on the cleaning team. I would come and help on occasion. Um, so I never really learned to do that. So if you see me in there cleaning something and it doesn't get real clean, know that I've never really been trained perfectly. I do it, I do it, but it doesn't necessarily come perfectly. Don't be afraid. What's the worst that could happen? You sink, Jesus saves you. Jesus saved Peter. He's right there. He's going to save you. He'll pull you out. You're going to mess up? Listen, you're not going to mess up any worse than the disciples messed up. Jesus takes the 12 disciples and he says, listen, go and do this. Heal the sick. Preach the kingdom. They do. And they see miracle signs and wonders. Then they come back and they're like, well, listen, Jesus, there were these people over there and they were casting people out. And because they're not in our little group of 12, we told them to stop. And Jesus is like, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. So then James and John were like, hey, they're not, this group of people isn't going to let you preach in their city. Let's call down fire from heaven on them. Let's burn them up, Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, John, don't do that. No, no, James, we're not going to do that. That's not the way. And then what is Jesus' response to those two incidents? Watch, read this in Luke chapter 9 and 11. Then Jesus says, hey, this is going great. Let's go get 70 more. These guys were messing up left and right. And Jesus is like, this is great. I'd rather have somebody that's willing and doing and messing up than somebody that's not going to do anything at all. If somebody's here and they're willing and, and they're messing up, I can say, hey, listen, let's try it this way, guys. Great. And, and we kind of get where we want to go. But if we're not doing anything at all, then we're just not doing anything. I've got a deck in my backyard, and we had to fix it after we moved in. And the kids were little. We moved in there when, we were five, when they were five. And they might have been like six or seven, and we were like, hey, we're going to fix the deck. And they had these little cute little hammers, you know, for kids. And I'm like, hey, come on, you guys can help me fix the deck. And so we went out there, and we got the boards, we put them in, and I started the nail, and I got it to the point where it was like most of the way in. It just needed to go in a little bit more. And they had never swung a hammer before. And I'm like, just hit it like this and hit the hit. And so they're swinging away and swinging away and swinging away, and there's dents all over the board, and the nails are bending over. And I could have gotten the job done in half the time if I had done it by myself, but my boys helped me build that deck. And it's still there in my backyard today. And I look at the dents in the boards and I'm like, my boys helped me with this. And I love it. I don't care that there's a dent. I don't care that they missed the nail. I don't care that I had to pull that nail out 37 times and start it back over so that they could get it in. They helped me with that. It's awesome. Help me here at Redeeming Love. I don't care if you mess up. God's greater and he can heal any mess up that you mess up. Just put some dents in the boards so I have something to look back at. I'm okay with dents. God's okay with dents. He's okay with bent nails. I know how to pull them out and put new ones in. We'll make that board secure. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. We would have prayer here for, we've had prayer here for 20 some years. Pastor Tom would walk around during prayer and be like, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. I'm telling you today, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. What is your gift? Put it to use. Take your place. Take your place. Create for the kingdom. 
Cheryl, Cheryl's here. She came uh, a few years back. She said, hey, we want to do Angel Tree. We said, yeah, we love Angel Tree. We know Angel Tree. We've done Angel Tree before. She says, I want to do Angel Tree. We're like, great. Then she says, hey, we want to, we're doing something greater than Angel Tree. We're creating for the kingdom. You've never even heard of this before. It's called Beacon of Light. It's something that you've never seen before. It's something that we've never done before. And I'm like, bring it. Let's go. What if there's a dent in the board? We can, God can heal dents. What if there's a bent nail? We can put in a new nail. I don't know how exactly it's going to work. I know it's going to work. It's been proven. It's a proven track record. It's happened other places. It's going to happen here. We're going to bring effective change through Beacon of Hope, through Embracing Family, right? That's what it's called. It's creative. It's new. It's different. It's outside the box. God's given you guys creative ideas that I don't have. I need ideas. I have an idea, but you have an idea. I have my ideas. You have your ideas. Let's put them all together and let's make something beautiful. How many brush strokes does it take to make a painting? A lot. I've got one brush stroke. You've got one too. Put your brush stroke on the canvas with me. Let's make something beautiful together. God works the beauty out. What's God calling you to do? <laughs> oh, glory to God. All right, let's pray. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I really believe that there is a, a point of impartation today. As a matter of fact, if you want an impartation, you, you believe that um, you know what your calling is, you know what your gifting is, come down front. Or if you don't know what your gifting is and you want to know what your gifting is, come down front and just make a line here, right in front of the altar. If you know and you just lack the courage to step out, come down front. If you don't know and you want to know what God has for you, come down front. You're basically saying, you're coming down front, you're stepping up, you're stepping into this line. You're basically saying, I'm taking my place. I don't even know what my place is, but I'm taking my place. I'm not going to be a, a bench sitter anymore. I'm going to be in the game. Just make a line all the way down, as far as we need to go, all the way to the walls if we have to. I'm taking my place. I see you lining up. I'm going to remember your face. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to say, hey, what's your, what's your gift? What do you want to do? What's God calling you to do? What's God calling you to do? If you don't know, we'll pray. We'll figure it out together. I'll put people to pray with you. It doesn't have to be me praying with you.